If you're like me and you're wondering where to watch all the Copa America games this June and July, I've got the answer for you. It's called Fubo TV. Fubo TV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Goal TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch Copa America, Barca TV, Real Madrid TV, Serie A, and other great leagues from around the world. With Fubo TV, the broadcast stream to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Plus, Fubo TV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Soccer Morning listeners, I want to invite you to sign up today for a free trial to Fubo TV. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to Fubo TV is only $6.99 per month. So sign up at Fubo.tv slash Soccer Morning right now. F-U-B-O dot TV slash Soccer Morning and start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home and at work. Welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome into Soccer Morning. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're ready to start your weekend. Hope you're not too down about the events in Zurich. Only because of what it means for the future of the international game, etc., etc., and so forth. The world awaits the results of the 2015 FIFA presidential election. It looks like we got a couple of hours at least. They're biting. They're just doing their own little thing in Zurich. Nobody really knows when all this stuff is going to happen. It just sort of happens. It's a bunch of old guys sitting around saying, should we vote? Ah, okay, let's vote. Now, the most recent developments out of Zurich indicate that while Sunil Galati, who, uh, who has stated the US, uh, that U.S. soccer will back Prince Ali bin Al Hussein, uh, says that it will be close, uh, yeah, I'm still, I still don't think that it's going to be an issue for Sepp Blatter. I believe he'll be reelected for a fifth term as FIFA president. A man who has no compunction about putting his name forth for another term and remaining in charge despite all of the indictments and arrests that have come down over the last two days. A man who deflects all blame for the corruption in FIFA by indicating that he simply can't watch everybody. I have his speech, his opening speech from the FIFA Congress that happened yesterday. It's nine minutes. Well, we want to go through the whole nine minutes. But it is, you know, it's always funny to listen to Sepp weave his way in and out of the cones that are indictments and corruption and allegations of wrongdoing. And he, the man has an impeccable ability to put a shiny spin on everything. Part of the reason he remains in power, he's created a, a base of power based on the number of countries that are in his in his debt. I'm not sure if that's the right way to go with it. But he controls the African bloc for the most part. And he controls the Asian bloc for the most part. And those two blocks together get him nearly to the majority uh, that he needs. There may be a couple of abstentions today. We'll see how the vote actually comes down. Again, U.S. soccer, Sino Galati, indicating that they will, in fact, vote for Prince Ali. That they have convinced Canada to do the same. Why Canada needed convincing, I'm not. Well, I, I kind of have an idea. But it uh, it's sad that, that Canada needed convincing. There are enough people in Zurich and enough reporters on the ground saying that high-ranking individuals in FIFA have indicated that bladder is the choice to think that this is just going to come down with yet another term for Sepp Blatter. We do have quite a bit of time today to take your phone calls, get your thoughts, not just just on FIFA. Happy to take a turn left or right, depending on where you want to go. We've got a bunch of things happening on the field this weekend. There's an MLS schedule to consider. There's an FA Cup to consider. I believe there is a Spanish Cup that will be handed out this weekend. Looking at the games to watch column by my buddy John Tannenwald at philly.com. 
It's got FC Dallas and Sporting Kansas City. That's tonight at 9 o'clock on Unibas. Arsenal, Aston Villa tomorrow. That is the FA Cup final. It's on Fox proper, so don't go looking for Fox Sports. It's just on regular old Fox. Dortmund and Wolfsburg, because that's Jurgen Klopp's last game in charge at Dortmund. Athletic Bilbao, Barcelona, that is the Copa del Rey final. That's on ESPN2 at 3.30 Eastern. So, another game easy to find. You have a World Cup warm-up match for the United States women happening on Saturday as well. Sorry, uh, yeah, Saturday at 4.30 on ESPN. The U.S. women, very focused. Not going to let all this FIFA stuff distract them, as they shouldn't. The Women's World Cup starting very soon and being overshadowed, which is a shame, a crime, to be honest with you. Now, I don't blame necessarily the FBI or the Department of Justice. You blame FIFA for creating a situation that led to the events of Wednesday and now overshadows the Women's World Cup starting in Canada very shortly. Got a couple of MLS good, good MLS games on Sunday. Excuse me. Seattle and New York. 5 o'clock Eastern, New England and LA Galaxy at 7 o'clock Eastern. Oh, and look, Jonathan also includes the New York Cosmos traveling to Cuba. That's next Tuesday, so we'll, we'll talk about that next week. But he goes, he works a week in advance, so this is a game that is of interest. First U.S. sports team to visit Cuba uh, since the sanctions were eased. Now, I believe that uh, at least one baseball team has been to Cuba during uh, during the sanctions. But this will be a situation where the Cosmos are going after everything has been normalized between the U.S. and, and Cuba. So that's interesting. The uh, U.S. U-20s are getting ready to start their World Cup campaign at the U-20 World Cup. I just said that, repeated myself. They obviously have the U-23s in Toulon. They had a bad go of things against the French. They're going to continue on. We'll keep an eye on them as well. So I, you know, Again, there are plenty of things happening on the field to draw your attention away from everything happening with FIFA. And to be honest with you, once this election is done today, whether it's Sepp Blatter or Prince Ali or whoever, it's only one, give me one of those two, but whoever ends up winning, that will be... I think that'll be the end of it for a time. If Ali wins, Prince Ali wins, then that becomes much more of a story. And we may have a news cycle that covers that event and what happens to Seth Blatter, et cetera, et cetera. But if Blatter wins and it's business as usual, I think everybody will mostly shrug their shoulders and move on. Which is a sad commentary on the state of things. But we've been through this. We know who Seth Blatter is. We know what he brings to the table. We know what he is. We know what he has wrought, for lack of a better way of saying it. Is the man ultimately corrupt himself? I don't know. I don't know. There's no direct evidence of that yet. The DOJ did not indict him or arrest him. So until we see proof, it's hard to say the man's correct corrupt himself. But what we know is that he is at the head of an organization that is rotten to the core. That's what we know. So when those voters line up to put those ballots in, secret ballot, I think it's handwritten or some nonsense like that because, yeah, let's not use electronic devices and let's not show the results and be transparent about it. We'll do it secretly so uh, people can get away with voting for the corrupt guy without being shamed by, uh, for it. There goes FIFA. But what we got is a situation where either Sepp Blatter knows what's going on and is therefore incompetent, or he doesn't know what's going on and is therefore an idiot. Either way, he shouldn't have the job. But that's not the way FIFA works. Certainly not. Uh, certainly the way that, that Sepp Blatter's created his collection of sycophants in, uh, in, to, to be cruel about it. It's not going to change. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, again, the show is yours. I'll open up the phone line, 646-832-3909. Get ready to hit send and talk to me. Friday on Soccer Morning. Be right back. Listen to the crowd. You're talking too loud. Listen to the crowd. 
If you're like me and you're wondering where to watch all of the Copa America games this June and July, I've got the answer for you. It's called Fubo TV. Fubo TV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Goal TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch Copa America, Barca TV, Real Madrid TV, Serie A, and other great leagues from around the world. With Fubo TV, the broadcast stream to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Plus, Fubo TV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Soccer Morning listeners, I want to invite you to sign up today for a free trial to Fubo TV. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to Fubo TV is only $6.99 per month. So sign up at Fubo.tv slash Soccer Morning right now. F-U-B-O dot TV slash Soccer Morning and start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home and at work. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. We're back here on a Friday on Soccer Morning. Phone lines are open, 646-832-3909. Free kick Friday, get in. Talk FIFA. I'm going to play some set bladder here in a minute. I want to take the opportunity to tell you guys, uh, you got to check out Fubo TV. F-U-B-O dot TV. Awesome streaming service. Be in sport. Gold TV. Tons of soccer available. Go to fubo.tv slash soccer morning. Sign up. Check it out. It's pretty awesome. Gives you access to uh, high quality HD streams of pretty much, um, you know, all the soccer you can handle. It definitely, uh, definitely something a true blood soccer fan needs to have. Copa America. Yeah. Copa America is coming up. If you want to be able to see Copa America. Fubo TV, uh, TV is your best bet. So definitely um, grab that for that tournament. 2015 Copa America in Chile, especially since, hey, it's looking like we might not have a 2016 Copa America in the United States. By the way, has anybody mentioned that? Has anybody, has anybody caught that? That the Copa America in 2016 is now under threat? That's Sunil Galati has told reporters, I think Sam Borden reported this on Twitter, Sam Borden from the New York Times, that when asked, he said, Galati said, the Gold Cup this summer, no problem. We're going to go ahead with that. It's not a big deal. That's happening. But that 2016 Copa America, that one we've all been looking forward to, the one that was supposed to be a mini World Cup for the United States that was going to drive so much interest and give the opportunity for the U.S. to prove themselves against the, the Titans of South America, might not happen. Looking pretty dicey. So thanks a lot to all of those corrupt individuals trading money. $110 million in bribes and kickbacks. Rights fees for that tournament ended up being the source of many a bribe. This is what pulled down Aaron Davidson, by the way. The man who was chairman of the board, or was, excuse me, of the NASL. Man who ran Traffic Sports USA. The man who was a driving force behind the creation of that league. There's a lot of opinion. That, that is a fascinating story to me. There's a lot of opinion out there on what this means for the NASL. I hope it doesn't mean a lot. I hope it means a bump in the road. I hope that this is just a footnote in the history of this league and that NASL goes on and continues to be a strong, professionally run, quality soccer league that bolsters soccer across the country in the United States and Canada. I hope that's the case. I don't know that to be the case. I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's, like I said, I think it's easier for NASL to say we're cutting ties with traffic than for them to actually do it. And it may be a process that we don't see. It's behind the scenes, but might take a while. What's the status of the Carolina Railhawks, who are now suddenly untethered from traffic, who technically owns them. How do you even do that? And will traffic even be a thing? And what happens to all those television rights that traffic has scooped up, again, through bribes in some respects, in some in some situations? 
Remember all those billboards you'd see for various traffic properties during like CONCACAF matches? Well, those are going, those are going away. This thing, this thing has wide-reaching ramifications, and it's not just at FIFA in Zurich, where they're getting ready to do a presidential vote for a guy who has overseen all of this corruption and, uh, and nonsense. All of those dirty, dirty shenanigans. It's not just there. It's here, too. It's in our backyard. It sits squarely on a base of American soccer because CONCACAF is closely tied with American soccer. is based in Miami. You know that their headquarters have been raided. Air Davidson, traffic, NASL, all connected. Sunil Gulati has done business with these people. Everybody has had... Inter- as everybody has interacted with Chuck Blazer. Now, when people knew what they knew, I, I don't know. Can't say for certain, but you can't tell me that there weren't people high up in American soccer circles who didn't realize that Chuck and Jack were running a scam. Chuck and Jack were getting rich on the back of soccer in this part of the world. And they had plenty of people signing up to help them out with it. Apparently, one of them was Jeffrey Webb. Jeffrey Webb, a man who lived in Atlanta, ran CONCACAF, claimed he was a reformer, sat on the uh, anti-racism committee at, at FIFA, was a FIFA vice president, and is now indicted. That's that has to that has to impact American soccer. That has to have some impact on this. You want a palate cleanser? You guys want a palate cleanser? Totally taking that block call, by the way, Trevor. That block number. Scott in Alabama, what's up? Hey, Jason. What's happening, man? Oh, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I find all this stuff fascinating. I feel like I have to cover it, Scott. But at the same time, like, can we just play some soccer and, and talk about that? Right on, man. That sounds good. How about some good news, then? Okay, give me some good news. Well, Birmingham, the heart of Dixie, uh, Alabama, right? Soccer uh, has never been that big of a deal down here, but uh, there's a local group down here called the Birmingham Hammers, and they've got their first home game tonight, and I thought I'd call in and give them a shout-out. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard a little bit about Bur- the Birmingham Hammers. Uh, I may have been asked to, I don't know, share a tweet, or maybe they may – I don't think they sent me anything. But I do remember yeah. I do remember seeing the uh, – the logo, which I don't, which I, which I kind of like. I don't mind. Now, I, I don't think it absolutely has to have the soccer ball in it, but uh, you are in Alabama, so maybe it does. <laughs> well, they're playing Nashville FC at the uh, I sixty five Cup. Um, you know, we're trying to trying to build something here in Birmingham, and I know the Hammers are doing a, a heck of a job trying to get um, yeah, a lot of momentum is, behind their. This is one of those. Or, this is one of those fan created. I'm not sure that this is a uh, you know like. Um, uh, like one of those teams that that crowdsourced for for funds and memberships, but they definitely a bunch like a bunch of guys got together to start this team, right? Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly the story behind it. And um, they've been around for a couple of years, and and this year they held tryouts. Uh, they had a couple hundred folks come out and try out for the team, and you know they just got a bunch of local guys that are out there kicking the ball around, and um, it's actually uh, refreshing, that's, you know, with all the cool. the big corruption on the national scene and the big. That's, international scene it's nice to see the local soccer doing that's something. that's good i hope i hope something good comes out of this i hope birmingham goes and, and becomes a, a much bigger deal i'll tell you scott uh i lived in alabama for a couple of uh, a couple of years in two different stints yeah. actually and i i hate to say this and and i'm hoping birmingham i was in montgomery so i wasn't in birmingham but yeah. Mon- alabama killed my love of soccer as a kid uh, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I moved. I had been playing soccer. I loved soccer. I moved to Alabama. I, maybe I got signed up with the wrong team. Maybe it was my parents' fault. Yeah. But I get signed up with a team. It wasn't nearly to the standard I was uh, used to. And I said, "All right, enough of this," and I moved on. But yeah. hey, I'm back. Yeah. I'm here, and I think Alabama's different now. I hope Alabama's different now, and I hope Birmingham has I success. Said, yeah, yeah. Birmingham, Alabama as a whole, but Birmingham in particular is a completely different place. Than it was 20, 30 years ago. That's very and, good. Um, That's very good. I, pr- yeah. I appreciate the call, Scott. Best of luck to the Birmingham Hammers tonight against Nashville. Thanks, man. Right on. Thanks, Jason.
There goes uh, Scott. That's a good. That's that's a good diversion from what we were talking about there. Of course, I can't. You know, I I got to come back to to FIFA, and I got to come back to Sepp Blatter, and I got to come back to all of these issues because they are so pervasive and so overwhelming in terms of the news cycle. They're just ah, it's just so so much, and and again, it trickles down. It, it hits. CONCACAF, it hits U.S. soccer, hits the NASL. Uh, on some level, you have to imagine it hits MLS. Now, that, isn't, that doesn't mean I'm saying anybody in MLS is corrupt necessarily. But th- again, these are all people that, that, that every figure or every league has done business with or been party to or had discussion with or, or organized something with. And all of that, so it's all mixed up together. Again, you can't, you're not going to indict somebody for guilt by association. But you have to you have to consider that this is all all of these people have been working in the same circles for the past 30 years and that's troubling on some level and it makes you wonder if there should be more outrage in u.s soccer circles over what's happening with fifa and Con- with Concacaf especially should more should people in u.s soccer and i'm not talking about i'm talking players i'm talking coaches I'm talking administrators. Should they be out there right now saying this is a this is ridiculous, this is a travesty, we need to do something? Take ownership of the game in this part of the world rather than being led around by the tail? Which is the way it feels right now. All right. 646-832-3909. We're being bombarded. There's a there's a campaign here. <laughs> There's a campaign from West Virginia. You people need to get some lives. Seriously. What the hell? <laughs> I love it. Let's uh, let's play some Sepp Blatter here. It's uh, Like I said, this is a nine-minute speech. I'm going to cut to uh, a portion that is directly about uh, directly Sepp um, addressing what's happened in Zurich and the indictments by the FBI and the DOJ. I know. Many people hold me ultimately responsible for the actions and reputation of the global football community. Damn right we do. Whether it's a decision for the hosting of a World Cup. Yes. Or a corruption scandal. Yes. We, or I, cannot monitor everyone all of the time. If people want to do wrong, they will also try to hide it. Unbelievable. Sepp essentially saying, you can't stop people from being bad, therefore it's not my fault. But it must fall to me to bear the responsibility for the reputation and well-being of our organization and to find a way forward to fix things. Damn, yeah, it is, but uh, you I didn't do it. I will not allow the actions of a few to destroy the hard work and the integrity of the vast majority of those who work so hard for football. I, I can't take any more of that for now. Maybe we'll come back to it. Sepp Blatter, again, this is, I, I'll go back to the, uh, th- this part is great. The very beginning of this speech, when he steps up to the, to the lectern and he's uh, addressing the ga- gathered FIFA dignitaries, and I use that word in quotation marks here. This is what he says. I must stress that those who are... Oh, I didn't go all the way back. Let me restart this. Dear friends in football, wasn't that a parade? Wasn't that a parade? Dear friends in football... Wasn't that a parade? Wasn't that a parade? The, the parade of what, Sepp? People with their hands out? People taking money out of soccer for their own purposes? Greedy people? Corrupt people? Let's not act like, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, the FBI, uh, Department of Justice says that they're they're not done. I hope they're not. I hope that's not bluffing. Because you know there's more. You know there are others who could be taken down by this investigation. And to see the individuals that have already been arrested and indicted, to see that, to see that group 
is to see just the surface, the most obvious, the most, uh, again, go down the list. We all knew this. Maybe we didn't have the proof. Maybe we didn't, maybe we didn't have an investigation to back it up, but we had story after story. I mean, Jack Warner was first accused of wrongdoing in regards to his job in 1990. This is a man who took money out of the pockets of players from Trinidad Tobago who made the World Cup and were the smallest nation to ever do so. They still haven't seen that money. Jack just took it. He so he's the most obvious he's the he's the most obvious guy. Now he's he he would he was banned last year because of his part in that uh cash handout when Mohammed bin Hammam was running for FIFA president. So he's out. But he's still connected. And all of the there were people within FIFA who had ties to Jack Warner. They all have ties to everybody, but ties to Jack Warner, ties to these scams, ties to kickbacks and bribes that just maintain their jobs. Unbelievable. I'm sorry. Let's change to us change topics. Dan in Washington, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? Uh you wanna you wanna switch things up for me. What are we talking about? Uh I want to talk about the Sounders run of form, specifically the first half of that midweek game. I know you kinda of talked about Papa's uh, goal yesterday, but wow. this they had a stat of like seventy six possession, uh seventy six percent possession in the first half. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know. Insane. Um, yeah. You, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying, uh, what do you think that's saying? How they switched form from that running gun style to this more possession base? That's like just one touch passing. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think it's a, it's sort of dictated by your opponent, right? I mean, um, they're obviously capable of possessing the ball. And for all of the defensive strength that they provide, Pineda and Alonzo are great at that. Did they both did they both start in that game? Uh, I'm trying to recall. It's uh, It's been a, lot, a crazy couple no, of games. No, it was uh, Andy Rose. It was Marshall yes. and Scott uh, and Andy no, Rose no, right. and Roll Dan. Right, right, right. Uh, Marshall did not start that game. Brad Evans and uh, yeah. and Scott were, yes. Uh, Roll Dan on the right, or, yeah. Roll Dan in the midfield, but on the right, and then obviously Andy Rose played in the midfield. I mean, look, you have... Uh, you have a certain set of personnel who may be better at that. But again, I think that was partly a matter of Colorado not not being a team that was going to press the advantage on the road in Seattle. I think Colorado's the type of team that comes in going, man, maybe we can keep them off the board and get a 0-0 draw and go home with a point. So that there's there's something to, this, to the talent and the ability of, of, of Seattle, but there's also something to the lack of, of initiative from the Rapids in that game. But I think what we've seen is that Seattle can play that way if they want to. I mean, this is the same thing with, I think they're very much galaxy-like in that. We've seen Bruce Arena teams destroy teams on, a count, on the counter, play defensive first soccer, and then destroy teams on the counter, especially during the Landon Donovan days, and then switch modes and start passing the ball around the park and dominate teams that way. It just indicates that you're a good team. Gotcha. Thanks, man. Just wanted to get the topic off of FIFA. <laughs> I, well, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about the? I mean, obviously they're playing well, but how do you feel about this year versus last year, Dan? Uh, you know, it's early. The Evans experiment is going well. I like it. I'm a little fearful for later in the season just because that's, you know, we're Seattle fans and that's what we get used to. So, you know, I'll see when it's all out. So I just like it. So it's been a good season so far. Okay, appreciate the first place in the West. Can't do better than that right now. Um, but uh, you know, maybe a couple points lead would be nice. Thanks for the call, Dan. Appreciate it. <laughs> Cheers. Six four six eight three two three nine zero nine. As you, as we move on, and again, this is going to dominate the news, and it probably still will, even after the election, to a point. Uh, like I said, we may move on quickly if Bladder wins, because who seriously, who's going to want to waste any more emotional energy? on FIFA, and Seth Blatter just wins another term. Especially since we don't know if and when any more arrests and indictments are coming down. So maybe you're just looking forward to the weekend when you can actually watch some soccer, when there's actually games on. 
I mean, there, there are some good games coming up. The FA Cup final is a magnificent scene. I would expect Arsenal to win that game, but you never know. Aston Villa could, could step up and, and shock them. It's happened before. Wigan beat Manchester City. No one saw that one coming. As, uh, Sporting Kansas City in Dallas, t- tonight's game. I am scheduled to do Rabble TV for that. So look out for that. Uh, I'll, I'll tweet the link, DavisJSN. We'll put it on Soccer Mornings feed, uh, Backheels feed, all over the place. Whatever you follow. You really should be following all of them. Well, whatever you follow, uh, make sure you're paying attention for that. I am the alternative to MLS SAP. I wish it was BSS or BSSAP tonight, but it's not going to be. DC United Philadelphia tomorrow. Orlando Columbus. Decent game there. Two, two teams who like to play, like to attack. Chicago, Montreal. Montreal looking for a third consecutive win. Colorado visiting Portland. I'm sorry, hosting Portland. Seattle hosting the New York Red Bulls. So that uh, should be a decent one on Sunday. And then New England and L.A. is the, uh, is the finale on Sunday. So a, ma- a rematch of the MLS Cup final from last year. A game I attended was very close. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe New England can get some revenge in that match. They're hosting uh, L.A. Uh, Jermaine Jones avoiding suspension despite making contact with the referee. That's a little surprising. I hope that's not star treatment. I don't understand how you can't how you're not suspended for making contact with the referee. That's a flat out no no. You don't do that. And to see uh, Jermaine Jones avoid suspension, yeah, not cool. He shouldn't get special treatment because he's a, D- a DP. He shouldn't get special treatment because he's a U.S. international. He shouldn't get special treatment because he's Jermaine Jones. 646-832-3909. Hit me up with anything you got. Anything at all. Let me just review what I've written down here. Jack Warner leaves the Port of Spain jail in an ambulance because he claimed he was exhausted and couldn't answer questions. Maybe he was ill. Maybe he wasn't. He's a pretty old guy. Seems mean to say that he might have been faking it, but it's Jack Warner, so he might have been faking it. Police confirmed a bomb threat at FIFA headquarters this morning. So woke up to that news. Now, apparently none of the delegates or the reporters on the scene knew about the bomb threat, which means police obviously didn't take it seriously, or they did some sort of sweep and and decided that the building was clear. But there was a bomb threat called in in regards to the FIFA headquarters. One of the other things that came out of the investigation uh, by the FBI mentioned by Loretta Lynch at the press conference on Wednesday was allegations that Nike may have been involved in bribery when it came to getting the 1996 Brazil kit contract. Now, Nike has issued a statement saying that they are innocent and that nobody there has done any has done anything wrong, but. That's that's kind of a bombshell. It's kind of a bombshell. Ooh, Edward on Twitter. I'm hoping a result of the efforts of the FBI is that Sunil gets taken down. Wow. Is that how people feel about Sunil Gulati? I'm not saying the guy's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But that's interesting. He is backing uh, Prince Ali in today's election. So he at least has that going for him, which is nice. We can talk Liga MX final. Ray in Milwaukee, 5-0 to Santos. Uh, yeah, that's right, Santos. I think this is over, right? Yes, I do. I think it's over. Uh, but I would also say that, you know, I think that this is this uh, uh, playoff system uh, this year more than any uh, has been highly entertaining. Many games with high-scoring Affairs, and if you look at the teams that were in the finals, that um, these were low seeds. And these were teams that barely made the playoffs on the last day. And I would also say that Ronald Jr. has been a massive commercial success, uh, and I will. Uh, he has been able to, I would say, show flashes of brilliance 
and also give uh, the Spanish language fan the telenovela story to go along with it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ronaldinho and Carretero in the final against Santos in the first leg last night. And Jonathan Bornstein, obviously part of the story for Carretero, and he scored the goal that put Carretero through to the final. And then they show up, and Santos promptly beats them down 5 nothing with a second leg to come. It seems like a foregone conclusion. That's, that's got to suck for Mexican football fans and, you know, just the, the casual fan, Ray. If you're a, if you wanted to see some drama in this final, it's it's it, because it's a two leg situation. It, you got to sit through another ninety minutes or make the decision of whether or not you want to sit through another ninety minutes. Yeah, that is true. But I mean, that was a five goal affair in one of the games. I mean, so I mean, uh, you know, the, this next game may be uh, uh, be boring and it might not be higher than the watch. But I think that uh, the ratings are going to be high just because it's going to be probably Ronaldinho's last game mm. in Mexico for the Mexican soccer. And I would argue that, you know, I think uh, players like Jonathan Bornstein, I think uh, Watchman has done, I don't think that MX has been able to do a phenomenal job of captivating some of the uh, fan base that is non-traditional Mexican I think sometimes we look at it uh, from the perspective of that uh, only Mexicans watch Liga MX, but when they bring in these players from the, uh, the United States and they bring in these world players like Ronaldinho, I think it appeals to a much more broader audience, and I think that's one of the reasons why you explained that uh, Carretero's game have been so highly viewed. Yeah, you know what? I think League of X has done a better job recently in the last couple of years of trying to branch out, uh, go beyond the Mexican player. Certainly the Mexican-American player is a way to do that. But as you said, Ronaldinho is a way to do that. Um, I'll be interested to see if they do more in that in that area. I mean, sort of the deep, the DP style player. I mean, Mexico's got there's more money there. Um, you're, you're not looking at the same mechanisms, of course, but. A player like Ronaldinho who can bring something commercially, also st- maybe still add something on the field, who can bring attention. You know what I'll say, Ray, is I wanted to watch that game last night. Now, ultimately, I don't care because it was 5 nothing. It was probably, it was, it, it, I mean, it was entertaining for the number of goals Santos scored, but, you know, not a good game dramatically. I was disappointed that I don't, I couldn't find it. I don't have it. Now, I guess I have to buy a Spanish language tier to get Azteca America, which, I mean, I, I would think that a more available network might step up and buy the rights to the to the Ligue of Playoffs and get this game on a channel I can see. I mean, why isn't this game on Univision? Why isn't this game on? I mean, I know Aztec America just paid the most money, but it just that frustrated me. Well, it's uh, they're able to farm their own um, television package. You know, that's very weird because uh, in Milwaukee you get two Spanish language television. Uh, stations over uh, free television. Yeah. So uh, Azteca America and Telemundo are uh, broadcast over free uh, television. I think I only... Over free air. Yeah, but I think... Well, I mean, I'm on DirecTV. I don't have rapid ears. I'm not, you know... But in terms of my basic package, for whatever reason, Azteca America is not included in it. Only Telemundo is. And I don't don't know why that is. I don't know. Yeah, Uh, I don't... I don't... It, uh, uh, so I don't, yeah, I don't know why either. Uh, all, my sister lives in San Diego and she gets all the, all these channels for free over free television. Sure, sure. Well, so, you know, it's, and it's, 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 it occurs to me, and I, and I, and I want to watch more. I mean, look, I've got a lot of soccer in my life already, Ray. I don't know if I really have room for anybody else, but, you know, I'm willing to try. But it occurs to me that I more often than not have to stumble onto League of Max games or, I have to watch Twitter, and somebody has to tell me it's on, and I go to that network. It seems like like this the, the product in, in the United States, and I know people watching millions and millions of, of of viewers. It seems like it's awfully spread out, and and if it was a little bit more centralized, if we could talk about two or three channels rather than the four or five or whatever that have it now, or just maybe one or two, that I, it might be more available, maybe more popular with. Guys like me, I have very limited uh, Spanish. I'm willing to watch games in Spanish, but I have very limited Spanish, and it makes it tougher for me to find the games because of that. Yes, I would agree with that to an extent, but I also agree that uh, these are the stations that um, that the Spanish language fan is very familiar with, and that uh, um, I think that it's they get to watch their 
um, team every week. I think one of the popularities of you had, if you just had less networks showing it, you wouldn't be able to get every game every week. And what's one of the great things about Liga MX is you can follow a team like Retro throughout this whole season, which has historically been a yo-yo club in, in, in Mexico. Uh, it, it, and so you've been able to watch all their games if you chose to watch Carretero, uh, unlike MLS, where if you got you only had three networks, and so you're probably only going to watch your game, your team play maybe once or twice a week, yeah, in a month. Yeah. Uh, Ray, I'm going to move on. Appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. There goes Ray in Milwaukee. Uh, Let's uh, take a turn and talk to Tim in Brooklyn who wants to talk about uh, Haji Wright at the uh, New York Cosmos. What's up, Tim? Hey, man. Yeah, like uh, like Step Blatter, I have team spirit, so no no FIFA talk. (laughs) Um, Haji got on the field uh, in the U.S. Open Cup, and uh, it was just uh, sub in last uh, 20, 15 minutes. But uh, there is good reason to be excited about him. He looked great. He got, uh, uh, I think, his first or second touch on the ball. He got the uh, drew a penalty. Uh, kid looked great, great touch, fast, and really looked like he had, uh, you know, on the field and and, and talking to media afterwards like he's got a good head on his shoulders and uh i can't wait to see him uh move on to more more first team uh, i hope i i hope this move works I out uh, tim i hope this moves work move works out not only for haji Wright, who's a talented kid but for the new york cosmos i mean i i have no problem at all with uh, the notion that some of our uh, young american players can go and you know grow at clubs in the NASL or, or USL or wherever wherever it needs to happen, whatever their best situation is. I mean, we had a kid who came out of the University of Maryland and was finally, uh, fairly highly prized that signed with the Austin Aztecs despite maybe having an option to go at a higher level. So I'm, a, I'm perfectly playing good time. with this. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Playing time playing matters. Time. Playing, playing time matters. And I hope Haji Wright gets some. That's uh, it's good to hear. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll get. To, uh, I, I don't know if it'll happen, but hopefully, uh, uh, down in Cuba, he'll he'll maybe get get a start. He looks like he deserves it, and I've been wanting us to have some more height and 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 speed. Um, and he brought it. He brought it. So, uh, so we'll see. Exciting times, mm-hmm. and hopefully, hopefully he stays here too. There was a lot of talk about him going to Germany, yeah. but you know why? Just to, to sit on the bench. Why, why sit in on a bench in Germany or, you know, whatnot? I, I appreciate the call, Tim. Thanks a lot. Uh, back to the Liga, sure, back to the Liga MX stuff. I, I realize, uh, thanks for the, the information, uh, August. I appreciate it. Um, I do realize that, that TV rights for Liga MX teams are individually sold based on the home team. So he's telling me Univision holds the rights to Club America, Chivas, Pumas, Cruz Azul, Veracruz. Uh, Leones, uh, Atlas, Monterrey, Tigres, uh, Jaguares, and Toluca. And then Aztec America has Santos, Puebla, Carretero, Morelia, and Tijuana. Right. I, I realize that that's the issue. I mean, I, I'm just bemoaning the fact that that's the way things work and that I can't see that the things aren't centrally. Now, if that benefits the teams, that's great. It's fine. It just means that everything's more spread out than, uh, than it otherwise might be. And it makes it tougher for somebody like me again. And, Thank you, Washington, pointing me to uh, LiveSoccer.tv, which I should definitely check out more often. I appreciate that as well. All right, let's uh, let's go to actually let's go to Jerry in Rhode Island before I get to Rick. Let's go to Jerry in Rhode Island. He's got some League MX uh, chatter as well. What's up? Hey, um, yeah, it was, well, it, it, it does have to do with League MX. Was mainly tying it into MLS and parity. Um, I just. I find it strange because, like in the league, in Liga MX, I just I looked it up in the past, like you know, decade or so. They've had so many different champions mm-hmm. uh, in Liga MX. And it just I just find it strange. I feel I feel find like the argument, especially with the uh, you know collective bargaining that happened earlier uh, this year. I think the argument is less about. Um... Where'd you go? You with me, Jerry? Like, it, it, it had, I don't think 
with playoffs, with the playoff system, I don't think there's just going to be one team winning all the time. And even with with the system that it is, you know, today, like LA Galaxy has won so many different championships in the past decade, decade or so. Right. So I'm not saying that there shouldn't be any salary cap at all, but I feel like uh, it was just kind of frustrating to see how limited, uh, like unambitious the owners were this time around yeah. with the uh, with yeah. the bargaining. You know, so I just I just thought it was strange because they don't have that kind of cap in Liga MX, and and I don't see like one team running away with everything every year. You know, this is true. Um, <laughs> you make a point that the, the system can correct it for uh, correct itself, but I, I think that what's when you there are some rumors that things may be coming down the line from MLS in regards to freeing up some money for teams to use. I hope that's true. I, I really do. I, and, yeah, I think yeah. that MLS has been completely unambitious when it comes to this stuff. Now, um, you know, you don't want to spend your league into oblivion, but you have to take no, – especially no, if no, your no. rhetoric is going to be climbing that ladder, first being uh, yeah. the best league in the in the region and then being one of the best leagues in the world, you have to spend the money. Uh, there's just no other way around it. I mean, it, you can bemoan yeah. the fact that money buys – quality but that's just the way thing things are that's the way things that's how life works i mean the more money i spend on my car the nicer my car is going to be it's just the way things are <laughs> that's true yeah um i had one more thing too that's yeah. okay go ahead um yeah it, i don't know if you saw the article um yesterday about um scotia bank uh and that they were uh considering pulling out of Concacaf champion champions league um, because of the whole uh, controversy with CONCACAF. I, I saw somebody um, mention it on Twitter, but I didn't read the story, so fill me in. Yeah. No, pre- pretty much that's they, – they didn't decide to pull out yet, but they're just considering it because of the, you know, the shadiness that's going on, which they have every right to. But I just feel like it's – it would be a, like a, a real shame because I feel like this tournament has finally been getting some traction, you know, and people starting to take it seriously. And at least, you know, I feel like it's, this is the next big thing, I think, for the region is for, you know, if the bigger uh, MLS gets, and if it gets to the level of, of Liga MX, um, you know, I feel like Champions League is going to be a big deal. You know, start when the Mexican teams and MLS teams start taking each other seriously, mm-hmm. it's going to be a huge thing. And if this Scotiabank thing, if they pull out as a sponsor, this is going to really set the whole region back, I feel. Yeah. But, yeah, you, might, you, might, you might be right, Jerry. Appreciate yeah. the phone call. Yeah. I'm going to get to, uh, yeah. I'm going to get to Rick in Philly. In fact, Rick, you're on the line now. I'm just taking a look at the FIFA Congress. Let's, uh, let's hear what's, hey. hey, Rick, before you go on, let's hear what Sepp's saying right now. And here he has asked specifically for the, execu- for the Congress. Okay, I can't take any more of that. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, right now, actually, FIFA and the FIFA Congress is considering, or they were going to consider, a motion to have the Israeli FA banned based on some uh, allegations by the Palestinian FA that Israel was restricting uh, footballers from their country, ag- exhibiting racism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The uh, motion has been pulled by the Palestinian FA, so there will be no vote on this, and Israel will, ma- will remain... Uh, part of FIFA and and not suspended, but uh, it doesn't look like there are good feelings. Apparently, the Israeli FA president was speaking and was offering to shake hands with the Palestinian FA president, and he refused. So there you go. That's fun times in Zurich. What's up, Rick? Hey, Jason. How you doing? Uh, not the same Rick from Philly used to talking to, but I'm just happy to talk to you. In All right, cool. Go ahead. All right. I, 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 speaking of Seth, I have a theory on Seth. I, I, th- I think he really was oblivious to what was going on in FIFA. I, I'm starting to kind of believe that after listening to him talk talk about it and what Jeremy Schapp said. You think you you really think he was oblivious? I think he is willfully I think, obliv- oblivious. I think he chooses not to find out and chooses not to know and didn't st- sit there. I think he wants to cocoon himself in plausible deniability, but he knows. Come on. He, here's what I, here's what I think happened. I think he's sitting in his office in Zurich. The secretary comes to him and says, "Hey." Jerry down in the office is taking money. You should go talk to him. He goes, okay, Jerry, my good friend, my longer time, my long time advisor, are you taking money? No, Seth, I'm not taking any money. Jerry, I trust you for many years. I believe you. And then he walks away. I think that's what he, I think that's what's, what happened. I think that's what he's doing. <laughs> I think it's, okay, well, that, I think that, I, then, then, I'm, then not, he... I'm not saying I could, could be wrong, but you know, that's what I think is going on. Okay. All right. All right, uh, that's an interesting take, Rick. I, I can't buy it. Thanks for the call, man. I can't buy it at all. I think I think Sepp is at least aware that people are profiting off of the back of soccer, chooses not to do anything about it because 
those people in in many cases are his support system and he he needs that element to do what he wants to do which is spread the gospel of the game win a nobel prize be be this robin hood of, of soccer on some level jeff in orlando what's up hey jason how are you this morning uh i'm good man it's friday yeah i got you i uh gotta change the subject from the fifa stuff because it's just too maddening uh, kind of, kind of off the wall. But what are your thoughts on the Portland Timbers and, and Caleb Porter and the job that he's done up there? Um, my personal opinion is that um, the clock should be ticking on Caleb Porter right now. Uh, in my mind, yeah. in my mind, I don't think he's delivered what they wanted from him. And and more than that, there's a baseline of expectations in Portland that hasn't been met. They have enough talent to win more games. They're not getting that done. He's chosen to abandon his uh, commitment to a certain style of soccer, which is part of the reason he was hired. And if he's going to do that, and I've said this before, if you are no longer the golden boy of tiki-taka American style and you're not winning enough games, how can, you're not, how can your job not be in jeopardy? I, I, had, I had really high hopes for him when he left Akron. I never followed his career in Akron, but then you know, obviously he was kind of a high-profile hire with uh, with Portland and, and the style that he played, and I had really high hopes potentially for him being a national team uh, head coaching candidate yeah, in the future. A lot of people I did. I style. I watched him play. Yeah. It's 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 a sh- I think it's a shame. Uh, actually, um, I don't I don't know that he can't be a successful MLS coach or a successful professional coach uh, or a coach of professionals, but. I th- I think it's a shame that he has chosen to um to go back on that commitment because he's been cowed by MLS. I think we need people in this league who are committed to playing attractive football. We don't need everybody playing that kind of soccer, but we do need some people to be committed to that in order to help push the league forward and give some variety to MLS. Frankly, we spent about 15 years dealing with kick and rush soccer. We finally get, you know, RSL coming through with something different. We get Portland coming through with Caleb Porter and a commitment to something, and then he backs down. And I know he doesn't see it that way. I think he sees it as a development and a, and a learning process, and there is something to that. You have to learn how to be a coach. You have to learn that practicality matters sometimes. But again, if they were winning games with this practical idea, that would be one thing. But they're not. They're not winning enough games to be for him to have – for him to be now without that cloak of, of of aesthetic soccer covering him up anymore. Yeah, I think I. I mean, I, I I would imagine that he blamed the. I don't follow them, you know, the papers from the day to day, but I'd imagine that he blamed the injuries. I mean, if you lose uh, the guys like Diego Valeri and you know, probably to a lesser extent Will Johnson, then you're not going to be able to, to sure. play sure. Uh, the style that you want. Sure. But I I. I agree with you. I've just been disappointed the last couple of years. Last year was they had just just game after game with defensive breakdowns, and you know, they probably made up for it with Matt Fortress. So I really thought thought this year they might get back to that style that was that was so attractive. And then they've had injuries, and it, they just haven't gotten there. So I began, I'm beginning to wonder whether maybe he's not the coach that I that I thought he was, or or maybe MLS is really just burying him in terms of the style that you have to play to get results. Well, there's some, look, there's some responsibility. Thanks for the call, Jeff. There's some responsibility on MLS and certainly on the referees for the way that the league is, is officiated and the way that the style is allowed to, to play out. Um, I'd like to see a more, I'd like to see an MLS that does move in the direction of more protection for creative players, less physical play, and, and, and maybe we're getting there, but that's not entirely why Caleb Porter has i not say failed, but not found the success we expected. Patrick in Colorado, what's going on? Hey, um, I just wanted to, uh, sorry, I, I'm going to take the conversation back to see if I That's all right, do that, man. Go um, um, I think it's important, we're, uh, there was talk about Scotiabank earlier. I think it, it's really good that uh, the, I heard that, uh, that Sumo Galati and the Canadian and Mexican uh, Federation presidents were performing that committee. I think the the Copa America thing is is not it may not happen. And I mean, the important thing is is to rescue the image of Concacaf in the short run. And like what whatever happens with Copa America, 
is, I mean, I, you know, I'm looking, if I'm talking to my friends about planning to go to those games already, and I'm bummed if it doesn't happen, but, you know, CONCACAF needs to be stabilized in a major way, mm-hmm. and, and that's the most important thing for U.S. soccer. I agree. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that should be job one. I mean, vote for, go, go vote for Prince Ali today. And by the way, they're still going through this, uh, Palestine Israel stuff. Um, just a live listen in here. We are only working under FIFA statute. We want the respect of, I don't know, a bunch of, a bunch of people blabbering on a microphone there in, in Zurich. Apparently there's been some sort of dissent. Uh, see, Palestine says it has made a full amendment by FIFA laws and wants a vote on the proposal. Bladder trying, trying to limit which parts. So Seth Bladder's already, Trying to limit what uh, what the um, what the body votes on when it comes to this Palestinian uh, proposal to ban the Israeli FA. Uh, sorry, go ahead. If you got anything else, man. Um, I, I don't. I think that's it. I, okay. I, I wasn't following that Palestinian thing, but I guess they're in the middle of the sort of election parliamentary stuff. Yeah, they're all in the, they're, they're in the middle of the Congress, and and first they were addressing this. Right, Patrick. I appreciate the call. You are absolutely right about. Uh, about what needs to happen first in this part of the world, that is to stabilize CONCACAF, to find somebody to lead CONCACAF. And look, I don't want to paint with a broad, broad brush and say that every uh, football administrator that comes out of the Caribbean is bound to be corrupt. But we've had Jack Warner. Now we've got Jeffrey Webb, who's been indicted. Maybe it's time to kind of go outside of that. I don't know if it's uh, if it's Justin Campion uh, who needs to step up or Bla- or Galati who needs to step up or um, who's the guy up in Canada? I can't remember his name. It's Italian. It's tough to say. Robert in L.A., what's up? Hey, good morning, my friend. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Robert. Hey, I wanted to talk about uh, the under-20 World Cup that's starting this weekend. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, uh, earlier this week, you guys, you were talking about it and you were saying how, you know, the game's starting around midnight or, uh, you know, 1 o'clock in your time. Well, that's on the East Coast. On the West Coast, they're going to be starting at 7 and 8, and I'll be watching them. So uh, that's what's leaving on the West Coast this year. That math does not work out, Robert, but if you're watching them, good for you. All right. I know it's bad for you, but I just wanted to say that. And I'm also on, I couldn't call you yesterday, but you were asking about the Open Cup. Yes. You know, uh, I remember I was asking you about, you know, my, my ranking idea on if you rank the teams that are still in. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you that. You remember that? Yes, I do. Go ahead. And I was looking at it, right? I was looking at the supporter shield, and right now, uh, you know, like, Seattle, they're number one, and they're going to go against Portland. So it'll be like, you know, you put Seattle number one, and then you put Portland Timbers number, they're 13 right now. And my uh, LA Galaxy, they're like number six right now. No, they're going to be going against P- PSA Elite, and I'm going to be going to that game. Okay. And I don't know, I think they're going to get to the very bottom, so you can like label them. And since they're the only amateur team, so, you know, just give them the last number. And also, you said that we should all root for PSA Elite. No, I'm going to refer LA Galaxy. <laughs> well, of course, of course, Robert. I didn't expect Galaxy fans to flip on their team. I'm just saying that if you want the Cinderella, if you're one of those people, you want the Cinderella to come through, uh, PSA Elite beating the LA Galaxy would be a massive story and a boon to the cup. It would be bad for you. It would be very sad. I'm not sure Bruce Arena would shed any tears, but hey, that's the way things are. No, I, I just see what well, we, we win this one, and then we get, we're going to you know, we'll get a cross-country trip, and then that's when Bruce Arena will not care. Yeah, and then put up a, a C squad, and then that's how that's how we're going to lose. Yeah. But I just wanted to say that uh, I know you got other callers, but thanks for taking my call, Jason. Have a great day. I appreciate it, Robert. Good one. Uh, Robert probably deserves a shirt number at this point. I should dump one on him. Landon in uh, Salt Lake City, what's up? Hey, Jason. Did, did I just say there's a seven-hour time difference between the East Coast and the West Coast? Uh, something like that. I was very confused. <laughs> I think we just uh, I think we just sweep that aside and continue to move on with the show. Yeah. Yeah, no, Jason. Hey, anyways, first off, I want to thank you for this week. It's, you guys have been a crazy week, haven't you? It's been it's been nuts. I, I think we've uh, you know I think we've done okay. You know I think we've um, yeah. I think we've uh, navigated fairly well. You don't even understand. Just to pull back the curtain a little bit, how difficult the the guest booking stuff has been for Trevor. Everybody is busy. Everybody's been booked for seven other things. All of the people we want to talk to are. Uh, are locked in somewhere else, or we just we run out of, of of names, and it's it gets real difficult. But he's done he's done a magnificent job, and uh, this show notwithstanding, and it's been great because you guys have been calling. Uh, we've had some good guests this week. Yeah, no, no, Trevor's done a, done a great job. But anyway, I want to talk just a little bit about SUP. I know we've kind of beat that you know horse to death for right now, 
Um, but I just want to respond to what Rick from Philly said. He was saying that, I, I don't believe this, but thinking that maybe Seth Blatter had no idea what was going on. Um, but let's just say, let's say that was the case. Does that matter? If he's that no. incompetent that he has no idea this corruption is going on, shouldn't he be out either way? Exactly. He is either oblivious and and doing a bad job, or he knows exactly what's going on, and he's party to corruption and doing a bad job. Either way, he shouldn't have his job. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Anyways, I just wanted to put that out there. Yep. Um, but changing topics a little bit, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, about Salt Lake. Um, Kassar, what do you think of him so far? I don't know. I don't know what to make of him. Um, I think he had a tough job following Jason Christ. I think he had a tough job trying to remake that team a little bit. Uh, he obviously lost Garth Lagerway after the first season. That makes it even more difficult. And I'm sure Craig Weibel's doing a great job, but they obviously are learning together how to do this thing, and I think it shows on the field. And and I don't want to bury Jeff Kassar yet, uh, but you know this isn't exactly where you would expect RSL to be. No, no, not at all. I mean, I, that's a work, you know, I'm just trying to figure out where the blame lays on this because there's been a lot of things this year. Loggerway left, Kassar is new, they've had a ton of injuries, but it's just, I mean, at this point, it's starting to get frustrating. I, the, the game against LA, uh, on Wednesday was just, it was a joke. It was yeah. a complete joke. The, the game against NYCFC was great and it was good to see, uh, Christ take that back at home here. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's just getting rough. Uh, one thing that, you know, we've noticed quite a bit and I, Again, I don't even know to blame Kassar or not, um, but it's, it's really interesting. You see his post-game conferences, and, and you know, hate him or, love him or hate him, Bruce Arena does a great job on, on talking straight in every post-game interview. Mm-hmm. If, his, if his team played terrible, he says that, and he owns right. up to it. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting to think Kassar is, you know, getting, we're getting just hammered every single game, and he comes out and says, oh, the guys did their best, they did their best, we just didn't have enough for it. When you're losing 4-0 at SKC, you can't just say, oh, we did our best, but we just couldn't pull it through. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. I mean, that's again, I think uh, part of, of management, part of coaching a team, is not just about putting out the best team and picking a formation and running them through training. It's about all of those other th- It's about that media stuff as well. And you don't have to be good at it, but you, have to, you absolutely have to project an image that the fans can get behind and that – gives the sense that you know what you're doing. And sometimes, you know, I, I think of David Moyes at Manchester United. He didn't have to deal with the same level of scrutiny at Everton, and when he got into that job at United, he looked like a deer in headlights when he had to answer questions. That didn't mean he's not a not a good coach. It just meant he couldn't handle that element. And I, I don't know that Kassar's anywhere, you know, that's obviously not anywhere close to that level, but it's still new enough for him that he does have to learn the process. Yeah, yeah, it seems like you just can't handle it. So, anyways, that's all I got today, Jason. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Landy. Let's uh, see if we might close out this show with Roberto on uh, Sepp Blatter, who's, uh, again, speaking right now. Before you go get going, Roberto, let's just hear Sepp blabbering on here. Israel on one side and Palestine on the other side. They will also apply. Sepp apparently has been trying to uh, get around this vote, uh, in part because... FIFA should not get involved in politics, blah, blah, blah. So this is interesting. Uh, you at least should consider the, uh, the, uh, the proposal. Roberto, what's up? Yeah, yeah, I'm just calling. I'm trying not to um, interfere with the vote announcement, actually. I was just watching to see if... They're not there yet. They're not there yet. They're going to take a while. This Palestinian-Israel thing is still playing out. Now, apparently, uh, the Palestinians uh, have pulled their... I don't know what's going on, but there's been a handshake between the... Palestinian and Israel, Israeli FAs, and blah, blah, blah. So maybe we'll move on eventually. But right now, again, SEP is sort of holding court. So go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I was watching a bit of ranting there. I'm watching. I'm like, what, what is this? Is this the United Nations or something? Right, exactly. <laughs> they certainly hold themselves up to some pretty exalted standards. I mean, again, you're a... Uh, you're, you're, a, you're supposed to be managing... You're supposed to be governing the sport. You're not supposed to be... Uh, patting each other on the back. I don't know. It's, it, it, it is what it is. But go ahead. What else, what else you got? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just have a quick question. Um, in your honest opinion, I want you to be as PG as ever. If you had to, met, if you had to meet Seb Blatter face-to-face, what would you say to him? Uh, I'd ask him directly if he had knowledge of the corruption that's rampant in FIFA. And when he said no, I'd say, how is that possible? <laughs> I mean, and I, would, I would say to him, if that's the case, then you are terrible at your job. And if you did know what's going on, you are terrible at your job and you shouldn't be in charge anymore. And, uh, I would, you know, I, I suppose I would do what 
reportedly Platini did, although Platini comes from a different angle, and ask him to resign. I think that's probably what I would do. Do you see UEFA breaking out of FIFA? No. Uh, ultimately, I think, that's, I think that's a big fat bluff. Um, I don't know that th- I, there may be some sort of motivation within UEFA to do that, but I, I really don't think they're going to pull out. I think there's, I think there's a lot of reasons for them not to, and uh, it would take catastrophic events in order for, uh, for them to do that. I mean, you know, think of the reaction from everybody else if UEFA pulls out of a world, pulls out of FIFA first of all, or just boycotts a World Cup. I mean, think about a World Cup without European nations. What that would do, what kind of damage that would do to the sport overall? It'd be a mess of what it is already. It, it absolutely would be. All right, man, you got anything else? Right. No, no, I'm good. I, I just hope that it. it goes the right way now. Yeah, me too. All right, I appreciate the uh, call from Roberto. They're doing some handshaking and pennant passing and stuff on stage in uh, Zurich. I don't know exactly what this is all about, but Sepp is waddling around uh, like the penguin up there, the uh, the villain that he is. And I think that's about it for this uh, edition of Soccer Morning on WorldSoccerTalk.com. Thank you to everybody who called in. You guys did a brilliant job. Make sure you go to backhill.com slash store to get yourself a Soccer Morning mug. It's very pretty. We have t-shirts over at 3NailFC.com. Uh, we've actually got t-shirts at Backhills as well, including a one that I wore earlier this week uh, that's uh, got Chuck Blazer emblazoned on it. That really, I didn't really mean it that way to say it that way. Blazer emblazoned. Uh, rocking a grill and a chain and just balling out. So uh, thanks. <laughs> Go check that out as well. Pick one of those up for yourself. Comes in many different colors, as a matter of fact. All right. Thank you again to producer Trevor for the work this week. Last couple of days have been hectic, but I think we've gotten through it. Uh, we got to go over and do the serious show. If you've got that, join us there. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. Uh, also, football, Fubo.tv. Go check that out. Fubo.tv slash Soccer Morning. See ya.